another episode of um, the Dirty Giants podcast. This week we're here with Trevor Davenport of Shadow Valley Outfitters. Um, he does a lot on the Arizona Strip and is around big bucks all the time, helping kill big bucks and find big bucks. So it's going to be fun, a fun episode. So uh, thanks for getting on, Trevor. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks for the invite. I'm excited to talk about deer and more deer and big deer and anything deer. <laughs> Perfect. So you guys killed it this year on the archery. Um, um, yep. I'm just kind of like wondering, so you know you you have like quite a how many hunters? You guys had like three or four archery hunters this year, didn't you? We, we, we did have four archery hunters. Four That's archery right. hunters. So like how do you prepare for something like that? Because when you draw the strip tag, everyone's wanting that 220 type deer. Like, yeah. How do you kind of start scouting for that? Well, we actually start scouting. We we call it like inventorying bucks. And like even right now, it's, we're having – we already know of bucks that are going to be giant in 2020. And so we already had early on before, as you know – draw results come way late in Arizona. When you draw that archery right. tag, you have less than a month to prepare, and that's not enough time to pattern find these giant deer and, and keep tabs on them. And so we're doing it all the time. Right now it's, it's, we're coming up on May, and I'm heading out literally tomorrow, and I'm gonna we're starting it tomorrow. We're going to be heading out and getting prepared. And a lot of that is, setting cameras and doing all that. But one thing that Shadow Valley does good, and I've been with a lot of different outfits. I have a ton of friends in different outfits, and they're and they're good guys. I'm not here to throw a plug for Shadow Valley. They're all good. That's the thing. They're, they're all out there killing big deer. But one right. thing that, that we try to do is kill deer not because of cameras. And as if you go out to – the strip, there's probably not a single water hole that there's not five, ten cameras on. And so, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, um, cameras kill big deer. Uh, there's a lot of deer that get killed because of cameras. And I wouldn't be sad at all to see them go. Don't get me wrong, it is like Christmas every time you're plugging that SD card right into your camera and <laughs> running through the pictures. It, it's fun. I live for it. But I'd be the first to vote, get rid of them. So, we always know about deer that made it through the hunt. Obviously, you don't know if they got killed by cougars or whatever, but we're always trying to remember of the, the deer that made it through the year before. And so starting out in 2019, we were hitting it early. We hit it early in May, and we were trying to focus on the bucks that we knew that were going to be big. Now, 2019 was a very different year, and I say different as giant deer everywhere you could close your eyes throw a dart at the map and you're going to be within a mile or two of a giant deer and that's just that's just how it was it was crazy the archery hunt something that i've never experienced so many big deer all around all day long every day like it was insane usually you're grinding it out on hills blasting for four or five days straight and you're like oh i think i saw a deer's ear flicker but that was not the case in 2019. It was, oh, got a big buck. Oh, spooked it. Oh, there's another one. There's another one. It was insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's crazy. I felt like every camera had almost a 200-inch deer on it, like almost every water. I've never seen anything yeah. like it. 
Yeah, and we we killed we killed three bucks in that 220 plus range on the archery hunt, and even after that, we knew about like 31 giant deer, like no brainer, over bucks after the hunt was already over, and so it it was just insane. So um, my archery client, guy named Rob, cool cool guy from Southern Arizona. Um, he drew the tag, got got hold of me on the phone, and we, and we talked. And everybody that draws a tag wants the biggest deer possible, and and I, right. I don't blame. And so he was, oh yeah, I want to kill the biggest deer possible. Send me pictures. Send me pictures. Send me pictures. And kind of funny thing is, we we run a lot of cameras and let them sit for a month or so. And so it was like mid June, I think. And the very first trail camera picture I checked on the strip was the double drop time buck. The giant, no brain, 250 unreal giant deer. (laughs) Yeah, that one everyone wanted to kill. (laughs) Yeah. And then the next picture was the single drop time buck. Like, I'm not kidding you. Within two seconds of checking this camera, I had two of the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life. Is that Jeff? Jeff Rose Buck, the single job yep, time. Yep. Yeah. And he's with us also. He's with Shadow Valley and um we oh, okay. helped him in any way, shape, or form on on that hunt that we could. But um yeah. And so when you have there's the difference between giant deer that there's ten other guys going after and giant deer that might not be as big. That you're you're an idiot if you think that you won't shoot a two hundred inch deer. Like if you're the, the strip has giant deer, but I, I will tell you, you're an idiot if you're going to pass up a 200-inch deer, unless you are hunting a patterned-out giant bigger buck. And so, so how do you guys – this is kind of a question, like, that has to do with scouting, but, like, so you find these bucks. How are you patterning, like, patterning them? Like, are you glassing yeah. and, like, just trying to see where they feed, where they bed? Yeah, then, yeah. Um, glassing and then early on you can kind of bump them a little bit more so um, you can get on a track and and walk it out and kind of live the life of the deer for the day see where where does it go is it walking five miles from a water and going out in the middle of nowhere or does it kind of hang up in some pockets like we the more majority of the time we are sitting behind glass but in some situations just like in that drop time situation you can't glass further than a couple hundred yards. So it's not really beneficial. And so we try to find big high peaks that we can get on, throw out the big eyes or big, long, big glass and, and glass far, far. So that's, that's probably the main thing is finding these deer is getting behind glass and watching their habits. Every deer out there is different. So some, some are, very patternable and then others there's there's nothing you can do to to keep a pattern on them there they they're wanderers and there's a bunch of wanderers out there on the strip yeah yeah that's for sure so so you kind of i kind of cut you off on your story but back to um your client rob is that kind of your checking cards and then is that is that one of your number one bucks no no, don't get me wrong. It's a giant gagger buck, but um, is it realistic to kill? Well, that's where we start narrowing it down. Is it something okay. that we'll be able to 
to stay on. And, and we told him about it. I showed him the pictures. He was like, every single time I'd be on the phone with him, which it seemed about weekly is probably every couple weeks, but he was <laughs> like, man, what about the dropper box, dropper box? And I'm like, they're huge and giant, but we got these other big deer. No, they're not going to be 230, 240, but they're in the 220 range. And we blast them out. Have- 10 other hunters hunting them. Yeah, and you never know. There, yeah. There's hardly any deer out there that you don't know about. So um, I sent him like five or six pictures of bucks that were realistic, ones that I had personally laid my eyes on, videoed, and had a very good idea of what deer, like what, how big they were going to be. And so – he narrowed them down, and he said his number one buck ended up being the buck he killed. That This was weeks before the hunt. He said, I want to kill this deer. And so we we started hitting it hard on that deer, keeping the other ones kind of on the back burner. And me and my wife, we literally, there would be times we were leaving work 4 o'clock in the afternoon, driving from St. George, driving as fast as we could to get on a knob to glass only a half hour before it got dark. That's awesome. And we were looking for that, like, this one specific deer. And the thing is, last year was a little bit different. We just kept on turning up more bucks and more bucks and bigger bucks. And it was was a blast. But the problem being it with that deer that that Rob killed and the, the number one buck we were going after, the only realistic way to hunt it would be sitting in a freaking blind on water and I'm not proud of it. I'm not saying that it's the best or the worst thing to do, but that's we knew that that would be our most realistic way of killing this deer because when we glassed it up, you didn't really – it's not a spot that you could keep really good tabs on. It's thick cedars and junipers, and you just get a glimpse of the deer once in a while. It wasn't like it would just go out in the wide open and feed on a hillside for 50 minutes. It, it was nothing like that. It was just you'd catch it moving barely through the trees. And so he didn't want to hunt that. Rob was like, I, I don't really want to sit on water. But I told him we'll set up a blind, and that can be a backup buck. Even though that's the number one deer he wants to kill, that is going to be the backup buck. And <laughs> that's so, crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, cra- it's crazy to think that a 220-type deer is a backup deer. But that's just, <laughs> yeah. that's just how it was. And so um, – when the hunt arrived, we actually camped somewhat close to that backup deer, but Bobby, he had a client that couldn't show up until like three days, I think three or four days into the hunt. So he's like, I'm just going to help you guys out. And we had a huge deer, like a 250, high 240s, 250 type of deer found. And we had an extra pair of eyes. We actually had two extra pairs of eyes to help us keep tabs on it. And that's the key. We have an awesome team. There's good guys that glass hard that dig up things that I never could dream about digging up. And so we opening morning, we hit up a giant, this giant deer. And what was crazy is me and the hunter were in position of, of where this deer was and had a couple spotters out and it was in no time the sun starts coming up and they're like we got the buck and we're game on and so we're going through we're going through and we were actually 
there was another outfitter in the area that we had talked to the day before, about a week before the hunt, but all the way up until the day before because they wanted to hunt that deer. And they asked us if we did not, if we would hunt that specific deer, they would leave us alone and they were going to go hunt a totally different deer on the other side of the unit. As long as we So they were going to leave a 250 type deer. To go yeah, hunt a different they deer. were gonna go. They were gonna go hunt another 250 type deer. They they just kept seeing us during the scouting. They kept seeing us in the same area. So um, we made a truce with them. Like, okay, we'll hunt this one and we'll leave the other one alone, as long as you oh, leave okay. this one alone. And it's all public land. We're all out there doing the same thing. But if you can make good friendships and keep keep your word, it's gonna be better for everybody's experience and. We're out there to have fun. If you're not having fun, you're doing something wrong, and it's not fun trying to rat race and run up against the next guy to try to shoot a deer out from under them or vice versa. It's not fun. And so right, yeah. we're, we're moving in on this deer, and all of a sudden we get across the radio that that other outfitter was in there. And not only no was he in way. there, but their client was hunting with a 200-yard crossbow. And so, we're, yeah, we're like, are you? This is nuts. But oh well, we're out here. We're we're already here. We're not gonna move. We already have the deer spotted. So, make a long story short, that morning we were within probably 50 yards multiple times of this buck getting drawn back, trying to get a shot. As the other hunters doing the exact same thing, and we just decide, you know what? it's not going to be a win-win situation for anybody. And we're pretty much competing with somebody that has a rifle. And so uh, we decide we're going to back out, let the other hunter have it. And we backed out and probably within 10 minutes, the guy had that deer dead and it is a giant. He was, he was pretty cool. Let us walk up, see the deer, everything, but it was kind of just a gut wrenching experience. But in that same amount of time of us, just the opening morning of that, we turned up two other giant deer, a, a buck we didn't even know about that's in the 220 range. And so it's game on on another deer. <laughs> yeah. And so we're, it, it, I'm telling you, it, it was crazy. And so Hunter's on the radio. Hey, Trevor got this buck bedded. I don't know if you want to go after it, but it's one of the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life. It has mass. It has a drop time. This one has split cheaters. It, it was just like that all day long. And we're trying to filter through what deer to go after. So we'd meet up, look at pictures, get back on different ridges, glass. It was chasing deer. And Rob uh, moved in on a, on a sweet deer. Me and him got, I think it was like 50 yards. It might have been 60 yards with a group of like 15 bucks bedded. And so... We get in nice and tight, and we're trying to figure out how to shoot this buck in the middle of all these other deer, and they're all bedded. It's it's in the kind of late afternoon, and, well, one deer jumps up and just pegs us. And, we're, and we know that as soon as one gets us, they're all going to run. So I yeah. tell Rob, draw back, get ready. And he draws back, and the buck we want to shoot is only like 35 yards, but it jumps up oh. and runs to 60 and he's the deer's just turning its head to start to run, and I'm all, wait, and he shoots, and he doesn't make a very good shot. He actually shoots the deer right in the, like, in the butt. 
and where I got oh, okay. great. And so we we knew it wasn't a good shot, probably not a killing, a lethal shot, but we have a rule if you draw blood, you, we're doing everything that we can to turn that deer up, find it dead or alive. And so yeah. we spent the next few days looking for this deer that we had no problem finding it the times before, but we, we weren't turning it up. And the blood trail ended, we found the arrow, and we just kept on searching in that spot. And I think it was three days later, it might have only been two days later, Hunter, the freaking glass that he is, glassed up that buck we shot, feeding like nothing no really and we're like oh that it made us feel a lot better like he couldn't even see that it had been shot so we kept hunting him and then um we we're back at camp one day and we knew that that deer that his number one buck hit water it was about every six days and the following day was day number six that it hadn't hit water so, okay. after, so after chasing these other deer and getting our butts absolutely kicked, we're like, let's, let's see if we can make a play on this the buck that's going to be hitting water tomorrow. So we got up in the morning. I put the hunter in the blind, and I, I went and got up on a ridge. And right at daylight, and there's other, the same exact hillside I'm sitting on, there's two other outfitters on the exact same hill sitting within nah. 10 yards of me. And so, so was there like other blinds and stuff on that water? There, there wasn't. It was just ours. Um, okay. There, there, there wasn't. Okay. And um, I wouldn't have been mad if we got to the blind and there was somebody sitting in it. You know what? It's public land. We're all out there doing the same thing. But we got in it, and one of the guys walked over to me. He knew who I was. We were talking, and he's like, "Yeah, we've been." hunting this area for the last three or four days haven't been able to turn up the buck it was just the specific deer that we were hunting well as he's talking to me and i'm looking through my um my btx when he's talking to me and i have the deer in the wide open as this other outfit is talking to me in in the ear and uh... (laughs) i don't want to just be like oh got the deer and so yeah or else I would have just radioed, got, got a hold of my hunter, drove down, picked him up, and we would have started making a play on this deer because for the one time I've ever seen it, it's in a spot that's a very killable spot. But Was this outfitter yeah. that was on the hillside, was his hunter um, like down low ready to make a play, or was his hunter with him? There was, I, there was a couple other like water sources in the area. I don't know if he was sitting on one. I'd, I'd be lying um, to tell you like I knew where his hunter was, but yeah, he he wasn't sitting there with me. So um, I kind of BS with the guy a little bit. He went and got on his hill. He's like, I'm going to check this other side. So right then I get on the radio and say, hey, guys, we got our number one buck. Um, it's in a pretty good spot, but it's walking. Anyways, I'll keep you updated. So every, like, three or four minutes, someone hit me on the radio. And they're like, dude, are you going to give us an update? Can we kill the deer? What do we need to do? And I – the deer was doing zigzags, and so it wasn't like I could say, oh, we can get in front of it right here. I was just waiting for it to bed. Well, uh-huh. Alton turns and is walking a straight line towards the water, but it's still like two miles from the water. And so oh, okay. uh, Jeez. 
but it's walking in that direct line. And one time we had it hit camera in the middle of the day. So we're like, and already it's probably 930 in the morning. And so I was like, hey, get ready. The thing's coming in. I don't know when it's going to get there. Well, after I think it was probably about 1 o'clock and it never came in, we decided to give the hunter a break, eat some lunch, and we'd get back in the blind around 4 o'clock. So we did. I got uh-huh. up to the point, waited, and at the point I could see, I can't see the water, but I can see some openings right next to the water. So um, and the opening that I can see is only like 10, 15 yards from the hunter. So I'm pretty, pretty far away. All of a sudden I turn, it's like right before dark, and I look and I see just the butt end of a deer walk out of that little clearing towards the water. I'm like, man, I hope that's the deer. And then I just hear a rocket and freaking dust flying everywhere. No way. The hunter hits me up, and he's like, dude, I just shot that deer. Get down here. Get down. And then just went silent. <laughs> so I'm getting on the radio trying to get all the other eyes. Hey, come. He, he shot the deer. He shot the deer. And anyways, we all rendezvous there. We're all high-fiving, hugging, like, man, we've been out here at the 110. We're finally it, – it, we got the deer. This is awesome. And – we get up to where where it was at, and he's like, the, the weirdest thing happened. He's like, I, I shot the deer. It was broadside really good, and I shot it, and it ran face first right into the fence and got stuck in the fence. And so no he he's hurried trying to knock another arrow in as this deer's tangled up in the barbed wire. And no. And he gets another arrow in and draws back. The deer gets un, un out of the barbed wire and takes off running. He doesn't get another shot. So – this was like an hour after the shot. We really don't even know how good the shot was. So we have a trail camera sitting on video mode, and it just didn't work. <laughs> it, it never it no, didn't get a video uh, of the deer. Like we checked it in camera because we didn't want to go push a deer that might have been not hit very good. So we, yeah. we decided we're going to get on this deer's track and track it as far as we feel comfortable. And the blood wasn't very good. So it was like a drop here, a drop there, drop here, drop there. Not very much blood at all. And then I got to a spot where the deer had bedded down, and but it was already out of its bed. So I was like, I think we jumped it. And so we backed out. We decided to give it all night. And yeah. we returned the next morning, and just me and the hunter and Hunter Larson got on the tracks and we tracked and tracked and tracked and we got after about two or three hours we got to a spot where we couldn't figure out what track was what because there was a bunch of deer in the area and so we ended up getting a hold of more guys come help us track and we all take three or four different tracks and and follow them and I followed a particular track probably about three quarters of a mile and then Hunter hit me on the radio, and he's like, I think I'm on the track. And Jeff Rowe hit me on the radio, and he's like, I think I'm on it. Well, we all <laughs> went rendezvous back where we all split up, and they all decided that the track that I was on most likely was that deer's track. So we got back on it and started walking, and probably about like, I don't know, maybe a half a mile past where I had stopped tracking it. We're just like, dude, this is pointless. We're 
we don't even know if we're following the correct track, but we don't want to give up. And yeah. We don't, we, we're walking out in the middle of a sage flat, and that deer's up on the hillside, deader than dead, just laying right out. In the no. That's when, like, the real, it was, it was awesome because we were dead beat. We've been out there five or six days, and it was hot, 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 and we're tracking this deer. We don't want to give up. We don't want to lose hope, and we find it there, and it's, and it's big. It's freaking, it has tons of mass, tons of extras. There's not a picture that, like, has everything in it. You turn it one way, and you see extras, turn it another, and, and the hunter was super, super excited, and it, it was a good feeling to finally turn up a deer that we tracked for so long. And then. That's so cool. I'm looking at the pictures right now on your Instagram. I'll have to have you send them to me so I can post them so the listeners can see, but it's insane. Like you said, every, every picture, like you kind of see like a different inline or a cheater. How, how big did that deer end up going? Um, we, we put there, there at camp, we taped it at 218. I, I don't know if it officialed higher or lower. Um, that was, yeah, we were just in a hurry to go kill another buck because we had more clients. So <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. I, uh, it's 218 all day. I know that. So, um, but what's crazy is I made the comment that, that morning when I glassed it up, I said, it has the prettiest velvet I've ever seen. It was like, that perfect glowing golden velvet, and then when it after he shot in, it ran in the fence. It just chewed it all up. Oh, uh, so, so that's kind of why it's in the pictures. It's kind of like its main beam is kind of stripped. Yep. Almost. Yep. And so <laughs> it, it it looked cool. I love the look of it, but it just sucks that it didn't it didn't just drop dead. So. Um, it, it, I don't know if you can look in one of those pictures. The, the shot was, like, kind of high back in the guts, but um, we we found the buck, and that's, that, that's all that, that matters to me. Like, you can't plan the perfect shot, and as a guide, we're only as good as our hunter is. And I'm not saying Rob's a bad hunter. He killed a freaking giant. But yeah. you take the cards you're dealt, and he – he didn't make the best shot, but we just stayed consistent, 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 and end up turning that buck up. And so yeah, that's that's got to be freaking tough to, especially after the first one, he shoots and then you see it alive, and then after that, you guys probably had to be pretty discouraged for a little bit. Well, hunting, you have some of the highest highs and the lowest lows, and it was a roller coaster of that for three or four days straight. And so, um. It, it, it I feel like the strip too. Like, like everyone thinks the strip. Like, you just go out there and kill a two hundred inch buck or two hundred twenty inch deer. Like that on my hunt this year, that was like the most like kind of mentally, mentally uh, challenging hunt too. Like, yeah, there's so much yeah. like pressure, and then like it's not like I don't know. It's it's crazy. That well, there, that's there's pretty cool that you guys stuck with it. Yeah, and there's times we'll get back to camp and there'll be a hunter that says, oh, man, this sucks. I haven't seen the deer for two days. And we're like, that's normal. I I feel like I know the strip very good. There's a lot of people that know it way better than me. But I could go out to the strip for a week straight and never see a deer. Like, there's places I know for sure I could see them. But 
it's not like it's that easy. There's not giants walking everywhere, except for last year there was. And so, <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's, so right after he had right after he shot that deer, Bob's client was in camp and he actually was there when we, when we recovered the deer, he, he came and helped out tracking that sucker and his, his name was Wayne. And he fell in love with one of the bucks that we had found chasing the buck opening morning, the giant wide inline buck. And we called it, we called it fingers or hands just because it looks like someone holding out their hands as wide as possible. Like it's, it's a, it was a giant, giant, wide deer, and he wanted to kill it. So um, we headed back to where that that deer was, and sure enough, shortly after getting on our points, we, we had that deer found, and we moved. It's not as exciting as, as um, Rob's story of chasing deer all the time because this hunter showed up late to hunt. We go out, find the deer, lead Bob and his hunter in on it, and they kind of thought they blew it. The deer turned around, started walking right up to them. And oh, I don't know if you know Bob, but he's like eight feet tall. So trying to watch him sneak <laughs> through these bushes onto the tree, like it, I bet I could make like a million bucks just filming him do that on a TikTok video and it would go viral <laughs> just because he is not the most compact size guy to be sneaking around. But but he's good. He's quiet and he kills freaking deer. And so him and his honor Wayne move in and they get they get kind of in position. And um, the angle I was at, and I have it, I videoed the whole thing, watching it, and I'm like, okay, that buck's gonna be in in view right there. And they're like, we can't see it, we can't see it, we can't see it. I'm like, it has to be 50, 60 yards from you, right there, right there. And they had already blown out Bob and Wayne like every deer that we saw on the hillside except for the big sucker and so no way we're already like i'm sitting there next to one of my one of my buddies um tyler krantz we call him sweet tea but we're sitting there and i'm already like telling him what i'm going to be having for lunch because i know (laughs) this is not going to happen right now and the deer turns and walks right at him and I'm like, oh, get ready, get ready, it's coming, it's coming. And we see that, like, we see the hunter draw back, push record on the video, and he shoots, and that deer just folds up in his tracks. He kind of spines uh-huh. the deer, but it just dumps again. Have it like, it's cool having it on video and experience it. Like all the guys, we're all there, able to watch this deer hit the ground. And Hunter Larson, it, it it's his, it was his favorite buck. He was like telling us how dumb we were for not hunting that deer every single day i thought the deer looked stupid like i knew it was wide but i was like man this is the ugliest deer out here and my whole tone changed when i walked up on that sucker and it's not big it's freaking giant it has in line it's like a white tail on steroids like it is crazy wide i think like mid 30s and it just has big big extras and it's just a really, really good-looking, not my, maybe not necessarily like a strip buck, like when you dream of a strip buck, but it's big, and it, it is unreal. It's one of the coolest bucks that I've had the opportunity to watch and walk up on. And so... So did he kill that the first day he was there? So that was the first I, I day he hunted? I think it was the 
second day because oh, I think okay. he was there when when the other hunter had shot. I think it was the second day, but he probably thinks that it's a walk in a park up there. Like it, <laughs> it's pretty much what happened, and it and it wasn't because he was a better hunter or anything. I'm not downing him. It was just we had tabs on this deer and we, we've seen it and pretty much in just a, a few five, four or five days learned exactly what that deer does when you bump it and everything and where to turn it up and it wasn't it still wasn't even the biggest deer even after the 250 buck got killed it wasn't the biggest deer in the area but it was one is definitely a unique awesome deer so yeah that's such a cool looking deer like yeah you it just doesn't, don't see yeah, deer like it, that it, it, it's just unique. It's not one you really can describe. It has like a four-point frame, but then it has a sh- like an extra, I don't know, G2 between the eye guard and the other G2. I don't even know how that works. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it is cool. Very, very unique. And he was stoked and couldn't have been happier. And that that's honestly what it's about. Like, as a guide, a lot of people might not think, highly of guys i don't really care i just like being around big deer and having the opportunity like at seeing them learning them and with that it's we a lot of it if we almost do everything except for pull the trigger so it's just as like gratifying for me to guide these hunts as it probably would be if i had the tag in my own hand so it's yeah it's a blast. yeah you guys put a lot of time out there <laughs> Those yeah. are both freaking giants. You guys. Yeah, it's, it was crazy. It. So that it was pretty much like a domino effect. Like Jeffrey killed that giant drop time buck, then we killed the other big two twenty-ish buck, and then this wide sucker got killed. It was we not we aren't very like prideful, but like it felt pretty good. We're like, man, we're we're kicking butt. It felt like we were <laughs> yeah. we were doing something right, and not to brag whatsoever, but we were freaking killing a ton of crap. And so, <laughs> so it, on your archery it, hunters, your average is like what two thirty? <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, probably. I, I I really don't know what it would be. I can find that out. But yeah, it, we'll we'll say two twenty. And <laughs> but that that's all people dream about it. And we had three on the ground, and it was. It was just unreal. Like I said, after that hunt, after this deer was killed, me and Bob were just like, okay, let's start inventorying for the rifle hunt. And so <laughs> we started just counting deer that we knew that were still alive or that even though there were still two weeks left of the archery hunt, we were like, okay, this deer, this deer, this deer. We were already starting to make a game plan because like, we already had all our hunters already booked at this time for a rifle hunt. So I already had a client book. Bob did. We we knew that it was going to be – we had to come back a few months later and repeat the same thing. So it didn't stop there. We just kept on scouting and scouting and scouting. And a lot of it is luck. Like a ton of it is luck. So one day Hunter hits me up when he got back. He was out checking cameras and coyote hunting or something, and he's like, I got a bad report for you. I just I found the deer that we should probably kill on the rifle hunt. He just starts describing. He's a giant frame, has drop tine on one side. It's big. He's all it's it's frame probably pushing 220, has extras. And so I was like, sweet. Did you get a picture of it? And he's like, no. 
And I was like, get any video? He's like, I, I suck, man. I don't have anything. And so <laughs> we spent, and this was only maybe like two weeks before the hunt. And so we spent those next two weeks looking for the ghost buck. That's just what, like, we don't know what it is. We're hunting a, 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 a myth. We don't even know. We never laid eyes on the deer. And so, so how, did he just see it, like, crossing the road he, or something? Well, he, he was like, he drove, checked the camera, driving, turned around, started driving back, and he kind of went through, like, an old burn. And he turned and looked, and he's like, that looks like a deer. And he just pulled out his binoculars, and it wasn't very far, maybe a couple hundred yards. And, uh-huh. and he got as good a look as possible. But it's one of those times, and we've all been there, where you see a big deer or see something cool, and do you waste all your time trying to get your spotter out, throw your phone cam on to, to record it? Or do yeah. you get a good look at it? As the best look you can, because I've been there where I hurry and try to throw a scope on something, and it's gone, and I don't know what I saw. And so Hunter was smart. He, he just kept his eyes on it and, and checked it out. So we're like, we got this place figured out, kind of. We know there's a big deer in it, but we, we don't know. We have cameras on some of the water sources. Never has hit any of those water sources. And so the, my hunter talked to him and he's from he's from like the midwest and again he he wants to kill the biggest buck on the strip like he he wants to but he's he's a little bit older he, i think he's in his i think he's in his 70s it might he might have been in the 60s but anyways i didn't know how mobile he was how how everything so he's yeah. like yeah let's, let's go hunt this deer that hunter saw two weeks ago that we hope still in the area and so <laughs> We we spent a, a day hunting it hard, and there was another outfitter in there hunting it just as hard or harder than we were. And there was another deer in there that we we saw that was probably like a 205-ish buck, and we were really, really hoping that those other guys were planning on killing that deer. And so um, we're like, maybe they don't know about this other one, but there were so many people in the area, we figured that they must have known more than we did. And so we kept on grinding out, and I turned up the smaller of the bucks, walking probably 100 yards away from the other outfitter's hunter and the other outfitter, and it walked right in front of us. So when you say the the smaller buck, is that the 205 buck? Yeah, yeah. And it had a draw sign and a little extra also, and we're like, they're going to shoot that sucker, and they didn't. And we're like, crap, they probably oh, know dang. more about this big deer than we do. But I, I'm up for a challenge. I, I have no problem if the hunter is, like, dead set on hunting all day, every day, the entire hunt after the biggest deer. Because that's what it takes to kill some of the biggest deer out there is you're out there all day. You As soon as the sun goes down, you freaking chug an energy drink and you run a spotlight. Like, you're out there trying to figure out everything you can about these deer and right uh, my hunter was a little bit discouraged and he's like how about we just back out of here because we had another 220 buck as our backup buck and it was the it was we figured we could probably kill it because the deer was still in full velvet in november and we just figured it was like a cactus buck 
which a lot of those act a lot like the does, and they aren't chasing they aren't chasing does around. We know where they are in the summer, and so we head over to another area to go hunt this other buck just because, again, I don't find it very fun when you're chasing a deer that there's 10 other people chasing. I'd rather be all by myself. And so... Yeah, you against the deer, not you against everyone and the deer. Yeah. Yeah. And so we... The hunter had brought some friends and, and... Hunter Larson went and got up on this point, and me and Hunter Larson do, like, we do all our hunts together, whether I'm the guide or he's the guide, or we, we just help each other out that way. So um, I'm with the hunter, and Hunter Larson gets up on a, on a point in glasses, but also the my hunter's buddies get up on a different point in glass, and me and the hunter just get kind of set up in a central location where we've seen this deer in the past, it's feeding ground. There's actually a water source in the area that, that it hits, but we've had a camera there for the last three years, and it's only hit it a couple times. It's not like it's it's actual water that it hits, and it's starting to get dark. We're seeing a lot of deer, and all of a sudden, his buddy hits and said, hey, Trevor, we got the buck, and it's coming down this ridge, and it's walking, dragging a lake. What? Yeah, we're like, what? This is this is nuts. I've seen this deer. Like, it, it's normal. Like, it, it's in velvet, but it's normal. And we get into a position that we can, we finally get eyes on this deer. And, yeah, it's it's walking on three legs, and its front left leg is not, he's not putting any weight on it. It's just, like, flopping. But it's not, like, blown off or chewed off. It's like it has a broken shoulder. And huh. anyways, the we're I think like 618 yards away and the deer's facing directly away from us. And the hunter's like, I got it, but it, and, and light's fading fast. And he set up with his rifle and everything. And he's like, I, I don't know. And I was like, shoot it. And he's like, it's <laughs> facing directly away. Like what there's, this isn't an ethical shot. And in my head, and it's probably wrong, I'm thinking this deer's on three legs. If we get it down to two, we probably can get this sucker. Like, it's, yeah. it's not going to go very far. So right. he's like, fine, I'll, I'll take your word for it. I, where should I aim? I'm going to aim at the white spot on its tail. Like, it, it, it dead acts of that freaking butt. And he pulls the trigger, and that deer jumps straight up and lands on its back and does not make a single move. And he freaking aced it right through the freaking lungs and heart with that shot. And, <laughs> And we're like, and it was a far shot, like 600, 650, something like that. And we're yeah. all jumping and hollering, and I knew what deer it was. It was a buck that we actually had seen the last couple of years. And on the archery hunt, we that was one of the bucks also that we were going to archery hunt. But we showed up in the area, and there was a do-it-yourself archery hunter hunting in the area. And we just didn't – I don't want to bug anybody, and I don't want to screw anybody else up out there hunting. So we backed off and went somewhere else. Well – we get up to the deer, and it is – its front end is the biggest ever on any deer. Like, it is – I think its G4s are like 17 inches. They're just freaking oh my giant. God. And it is just another big, big, big deer. And the thing is, it had normal testicles. It wasn't like it was a cactus buck. It didn't have, like, the weird deformed antlers. It had a ginormous frame. We saw it in the archery hunt, 
and thought it was just a normal deer. So we we figured he huh. we we weren't sure what was wrong with it because a lot of times you get you get up there and it's a doe with horns or something, and it just wasn't that. And we're like, maybe it got shot or something. So skinning it out, there was no deformities, nothing. Um, we actually had a game warden come check it out. And he's like, that thing probably got hit by like a truck or something, just broke its shoulder because it, we, we could not figure it out. Well, after we posted pictures of it, that archery hunter hit us up and said he had actually shot that deer in the shoulder during the bow hunt. And -uh. he said he he said he only got like four or five inches of penetration and shot it and the arrow bounced out and the deer took off and he tracked it and spent the hunt looking for it and never could find the deer dead or alive. And so that answered our question of like what happened. But what's weird is when we skinned it out, there wasn't like a pus pocket or something. I I freaking skinned out animals that had a whole arrow in them, but this sucker it unfortunately. And it was not in good health. It was skinny and, and kind of, like, nasty, to be honest. Like, I really don't think it would have lasted very much longer. Like, it, well, that's, it was... That's crazy that, like, it didn't get eaten by a mountain lion or anything, like, from the archery hunt to the rifle hunt on three legs. Yeah, I... That's crazy. I, I, could, I could show you some video of this thing. It, it was cruising around pretty good on three legs. It jumped a fence, like... It oh, was, really? It was yeah, but the deer, the deer is not like the, just the situation that we were in. It wasn't our number one buck. It's a huge deer, but it's not. It wasn't the deer that like we we wanted to kill, but we were thrilled to kill it. And you know what? I have a heart. I'm not out there just hoping that deer is suffering or anything. I'm I'm actually glad we pretty much put this deer out of its misery, and it's a freaking giant. And, yeah, that's a and, good one to put out of its misery, that thing. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like, oh, poor deer, we're going to shoot you. But after finding everything out, yeah, it, it was a poor deer, and we shot it. And so, um, and the hunter was tickled to death. And um, I can't, I, I think it was 216 is, is what the what it taped out at. Um, so, <laughs> that's such a big deer. So, from, like, years past, did it have velvet? Like, how come? Yeah, it, yeah. Every so the year every before year it, was it had velvet. Oh, okay. Year, so this is the first year it was all. Yeah, the, and so my thought is it was just so malnourished from being shot and probably not being able to get water or food as easily. Like it was skin and bones. It was it was a big body. I don't know how to describe it. It was like a big body to deer that wasn't fat. It was like really, like really skinny. And so you could, it had like extra skin on it. You could almost like move the skin around it. It it, it was weird. Uh, And I don't even know how to like describe it. It was just like it had shriveled up, but it still was like an old mature buck. But just not doing very good, and I just think that it, it probably didn't have the energy to go rub its horn. It, yeah, that really makes sense. Because like you I'm said, not, like, it looks like a normal buck. Like, I'm looking at the pictures now. Like like you said, like, cactus bucks will have all those little, like, knobs, and but it has, like, a normal yeah. frame, and looks looks 
completely normal. So I, I wonder, it seems like you'd be right, like maybe you just didn't have the energy to, to rub the velvet. Yeah, and I don't know if you can see in the picture, its face is like a little bit sunk in, but um, yeah, we we took it and we we're thrilled to to take it. The hunter was super stoked, and the best part about it is we were by ourselves. There wasn't another person around, and it was just between us and the deer. And so that's that's how I like it. Me personally, when I'm out hunting and it's me versus the deer, the deer wins every time. Like it's it's <laughs> once in a blue moon, am I able to outsmart the outsmart the deer? And that doesn't happen very often. So that's good. That's that's so cool. That's such a big deer too. Like it's yeah. Like yeah. you said, those front those front forks like look giant. Yeah, and it was it was kind of fun so, because. We were a long ways away from our camp, and I said, like, my boss was like, hey, Bob's all, where are you at? And I was like, I, I lied to him. I'm like, I blew three freaking tires because I didn't want him to know that we killed the deer. I was like, we didn't wear And he's like, you want us to send help? I was like, no, I had, we got enough slugs in it. We're on our way back. And so we rolled into camp way late that night, and we wanted to just not say a word, but my wife had actually came into the camp to come help for the next few days, but she she comes walking out of the tent and screams, "Holy crap! Look at the deer in the back of Trevor's truck!" And <laughs> went berserk, but it was, and and everybody said, "Like, dude, that deer's like it is it, it's a big freaking deer, and it's one that you just have to hold in your hands, and the front end on that deer just makes it. It it it's a big deer, it has inlines, um, split and beams, like it." It's a good, sweet deer, um, but I also wonder in the back of my head, if that thing didn't get shot this year during the archery hunt, what would it look like next year? Like, I think it's one that could have really, really blown up. So, yeah, who knows? <laughs> That's crazy. So, looking forward to next year, it looks like there's already some good moisture out there on the strip. You think you think that it's possible to top 2019 on the strip? No. No, I I do not. But I, I'm I'm biting my tongue because it I it, I don't know I don't know. Ask me that question here in like August, and I might have a totally different. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing is, a lot of deer did get shot. A lot of big big deer got shot this year, but there are so many up and comers. And with the strip, what I've learned over the last 10 years of being out there, there's deer that can be 181 year and blow up to be mid 220s, 230 the next year. Like that just happened. And there, was so, there was so many deer that were in like that 200 inch mark that we weren't pursuing, which is crazy. Like there's some years you, you have four or five shooter bucks. We had like 30 shooter bucks and it just, <laughs> It was just nuts. And the shooter bucks weren't 199 and 7.8. They were all 215 plus. That's so, so crazy. It, it is kind of crazy. It, it, it's been fun. It's kind of crazy. My last two rifle hunters out there both shot deer in velvet. And so hopefully this 
coming up here, my rifle hunter can shoot a hard horn buck so I can stop being made fun of. But I don't really care. If there's a freaking giant velvet buck, I'll be the first one to say I want to shoot it. Because it's, I'll take them. I don't care velvet or not. Well, I like them. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, because you, you guys killed a giant not this year, well, two years ago in velvet, too, yep, on the yep, rifle. So that, yep, that's that your was specialty. my <laughs> that, that was a it, freaking big buck, too. Yeah, that that buck went 243. But Was that one of the biggest bucks killed on the strip that year? Because that was a, it, 2018 it, was it, difficult, wasn't it? 18. Um, but, yeah, so. it – it was the highest scoring deer killed. I will admit, it's a freaking cactus buck. Um, right. There were uh, my buddy George with he he guys for a three went out and helped after that buck got killed and we killed all our deer in, in camp. I went and helped George and I just was there. I didn't. I wasn't really any help, but he killed he killed the biggest hard horn buck and the like. It went two thirty six and it's a freaking gagger like. Would have shot it ten times over the velvet buck, but yeah, the velvet buck did score more. Yeah. So dang. So I have a couple questions, like to finish off. But um, so like you're always, I feel like you're always on big bucks. Like your clients are always hunting big bucks, and then even when I've talked to you, like here just on Utah General, you're finding big bucks. What do you kind of feel like sets you apart, like your skill set or? How do you, how are you kind of hunting these big bucks? What do you think you're doing that people like normal people aren't doing? Um, that, that, that's a good question because I I do I feel like I'm hunting some of the better bucks in whatever area, whether it's Utah, Arizona, Nevada, anywhere. I'm, I'm usually hunting the better bucks, but um, it's just time, and and I have a lot of time, and so. I think it's not getting discouraged. A lot of people will climb up a ridge and see a sweet deer, and then they'll come back the next weekend and they won't see it, and they'll come back the next weekend and they won't see it, so they give up on it. And right. just just stay consistent. And um, a good buddy of mine told me when I was young, he was like my mentor on it, and he was like, if you hike 30 minutes, you're going to be – he had like some percentage and I don't even know how the hell he knew a percentage, but he was like, if you hike 30 minutes, that's going to knock 80% of the people off of where you like 80% of the people wouldn't hike that far. And so that has also been kind of like a rule of thumb on all these deer that I just explained. And more is just get out and hike, burn up some boot leather, get into a high vantage point, get behind glass, and go until your eyeballs hurt. It's not fun. That's what it, like, a lot of it is that is not as fun as people say. Like, you could look at pictures and see giant deer. Like, I looked at your buck, and I was like, holy hell, that thing's a giant. That's so cool. It probably wasn't that easy. You probably just didn't show up and shoot the deer. Like, I know the deer <laughs> live. It, it's not a fun place to just hang out. Like, it's you have to grind it out and there's that's just it i would say just putting in the time and not being discouraged yeah i think that's some really good advice and in fact like that's kind of what i feel like i learned on my strip hunt the most is like hunting big bucks is is not really fun <laughs> like it's yeah it's like 
it's like fun, but it's not like it, it's a lot of the time it's just miserable. But it's like that that misery is what makes it fun. Like when you walk up on that buck and then like you think back on that time, like that's what that's what I feel like makes it fun. It's like something that's that's worth doing. I think yeah, like a lot of people have that time like you have, but it's like like you said, keeping positive and using that time like not just giving up and stuff. So I think I think it's like a, a mixture, like you said, that having your time but then also staying persistent. Like the strip will chew like it I I wasn't if I was by myself out there there's no way I could have found that buck. Like I was with my friend Jeff Baird and he's the one who kept me positive. He's the one who made it made me kind of push my limits. So I think that yeah. I think that's some really good advice you gave just barely. And if yeah, it, people do it, I'm, I'm sure they're going to find bigger bucks. Yeah, and you have to find, like, the good in a lot of stuff. I promise you, come hunting with me one time. You're going to laugh so hard you're going to hurt. You have to stay <laughs> You always, like, you'll be – there's times, like, I'm telling you, if you're walking with me and you trip and fall, I am going to make fun of you. But when I trip and fall, you better make fun of me also. Like, it's, you always have to just be lifting each other up and having a good time. Like, that, that's just it. If you, you have to find the good in it because it's not fun sitting there in 100 degrees. Like, yeah, I, right after the, that one of the deer we killed, we got, and I was helping someone else, and I'm sitting there, turned up a buck, walked out of view. I hiked, found it. I was the biggest bush I could find next to me was maybe six inches tall, and I sat up. I sat there from eight o'clock in the morning until dark, and it was over 110 degrees with not a. <laughs> I didn't have Jeez. a bottle of water. I didn't have anything. It was not fun. But just like this past year on Utah hunt, I I killed a muzzleloader buck that I backpacked up in, and it was I put a lot of freaking sweat and tears into it shot a nice buck packed the whole thing out the worst freaking like six seven miles of my life i would never do it again i just got off the phone freaking two days ago with my buddy i did it with and we're ready to do it again this year so sometimes (laughs) like some of the worst times of your life end up being the best memories and just get after it even who cares i don't care about antlers like the score of them i love giant deer but that's not what it's about. Get out there and have fun. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that's great advice. And <laughs> you definitely know how to do that. Following your Instagram, you have I saw a post. You have a freaking uh, uh, crow in your truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do some funny yeah, stuff for it's sure. A little bit odd. I'll be the first one I'm, I'm, I'm not freaking normal, but I have a good time. Yeah, that's what's fun, though, for sure. you got to make things fun, like you said. Yeah, I, I freaking enjoy it. I appreciate you freaking hitting me up. I'm probably not the best person to do a podcast with, but I freaking like talking about deer and hunting. So. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Dirty Giants podcast. We're going to be putting out podcasts every week. We're going to try to get them out by Monday um, for Muley Story Monday. So be sure to uh, keep watching and um, look for new podcasts. Anyways, thanks for listening. 
if you have any feedback or ideas or uh, know of people who have killed a lot of big bucks, feel free to reach out um, on our Instagram page. It's um, just Dirty Giants on there. So anyways, let me know, and thanks again for listening.